Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and Blue Chew. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined once again by Mr. Sean Siegel, uh, one of the key key cornerstones over at Rotoviz.com. And it's always my pleasure to have the show here, get to talk with Sean, get to interact, see what his thoughts are. And on today's show, we're going to be having a lot of fun as we look through one of his most recent pieces, looking at the ten most undervalued players in startup drafts. So I'm looking forward to diving into this one with sean it's gonna be gonna be a fun one but sean as we always kick things off how are you this week excellent we get another week away from the draft we get to breathe a little bit but we also get to let some of those uh, draft related takeaways start to sink in and, and do some little a uh, bit of deeper dives into some of the topics we'll talk about that here in a bit but we also have a lot of dynasty startup information now and we can look to see where the real values are developing so we're going to dive into that quite a bit more in today's show. I think uh, a lot of listeners are going to be involved in startups, and dynasty startups are one of the most fun activities in all of fantasy. You get to see the different strategies that people take, different tactics within those strategies, and, and how people develop their teams through the different sections of the draft. And so, looking at that a little bit more closely as we go forward, but we want to start out today like we started every week with the FFPC stat attack. Last week, we talked about how only one wide receiver was coming off the board in the first 18 picks of Superflex startups, and that's post-draft. Today, we're going to look at a range that's a little bit more wide receiver heavy. Between rounds four and rounds nine, 26 receivers are being drafted. Now, we'll go into that in a little bit more detail later in the show when we look at receiver valuation in Dynasty. Sean mentioned the FFPC stat attack and for Rotoviz listeners you'll know that the FFPC have been partnered with Rotoviz for many many years. They are the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry including Dynasty, Best Ball and of course the world famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join a league today head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com and of course as always on the Rotoviz site we have lots of fantastic tools and of course with the FFPC there is some specifically set up for FFPC fpc domination so do check them out on the site as well i teased it sean in the intro uh, the 10 most valuable players and dynasty startups that are all discounted not only discounted but in your opinion discounted by multiple rounds uh, do you want to give a little bit of a, a summary off off the pieces we obviously we talked last week about uh, curtis and his dynasty cheat sheets for starting up those drafts and uh, looks like then you took a, a little bit of a, a lean to that to find some uh, values based um, on recent startups definitely we wanted to kind of take what curtis was looking at there and see if we could use some of the tools to dive into this just a little bit more find out if there were specific players maybe if there was a class of player that was systematically undervalued in dynasty and to do that i just ran some different screens using a variety of our adp and ranking tools 
you mentioned that we have a variety of FFPC specific tools on the site. What I was looking for here is a player who was undervalued by at least 25 slots according to our composite dynasty rankings, players who were undervalued by at least 20 in my personal rankings. And then because one of the things that we always have to look at here is how much format makes a difference. Obviously, the number of running backs, the number of wide receivers, the number of flex positions is going to make some difference in terms of where those positions are selected throughout a draft. So I also wanted the players to be undervalued by at least five slots within their specific position to make sure we weren't just pulling out people who maybe weren't as valuable in a specific format. We want them to be undervalued within their position as well. I also wanted them to be undervalued by every individual ranker, right? To make sure that across the site, we didn't have a lot of disagreement whether there wasn't one person who had them ranked, uh, you know, 60, 70 spots lower than everybody else and that that was pulling out of the way. And then also we've discussed at the way dynasty trade values change and that for players who actually want to build a dynasty, want to be able to continue to turn their teams over, want to extend that championship window. So the championship window is essentially always open. We want to have those younger players who have more trade value, who can be played and then ideally traded again in the future before that trade value diminishes. One of the things that we constantly find and that Curtis talked about in his cheat sheet is strategy for finding core players for your dynasty team is this actually happens earlier than people think that it does and so for this reason i wanted these guys to exit the 2020 season at 26 years of age or younger and those seem like to me a a number of criteria that would be hard for a lot of individual players to meet but we actually found uh, more than 10 guys i focused on on 10 guys that i liked the absolute best Colin, looking at this a little bit, do you have any favorite players jumping out among this 10? Well, there's quite a number. Like, to be honest, um, I would say three quarters of this list are very high uh, on my on my boards, just heading into drafts. And there's some of the names that I mention sometimes from time to time in the show. It's nice to have these pieces where it kind of shows you exactly where things sit at the moment because you know expectation based on what myself and yourself talk about on the show off some of these players like a, a terry mclaurin or a dj chark we've been t- i've been talking with them anyway all off season um, and we also have players like a tyler boyd who has been uh, one of the key founding uh, players i guess off this podcast over the last two seasons so there, there's players in there who i would have expected to to not be falling under that kind of I guess undervaluation, but when we look then at the actual the data and the information, you know Terry McLaurin, I mentioned there, DJ Chark, I mentioned, uh, we're both big fans of DJ or Debo Samuel, but the the concern there I've mentioned on a number of times is how that volume is going to work in that offense if they have enough passing. Uh, and then if they have enough passing to go around the key members like himself, like uh, George Kittle and so on. Um, the one that's interesting that's in there, and we did talk about him, I believe it was on last week's show, Sean, and that is Jalen Rager. We've talked about him a number of times over the last couple of months, but um, he is uh, one of the rookies in here. There's two rookie names slotting in, KJ Hamler, who I know uh, you, you've mentioned a number of times in the show also here. We've talked about McCall Hardman a number of times, heading into that second year and you know 22 years of age not much happening uh last year you know explosive plays but there is that hope that it can come together for him I'm just wondering about if it will without injury and that's something that we've talked about before but the the guys at the top of this list mclaurin and chark are two of the players that over the last kind of 
four to five months have been my priority targets trying to get those guys onto uh, as many dynasty rosters as i can tyler boys on a lot of those rosters christian kirk's on a lot of those rosters and i'm hoping that it does start to come together for kirk now blessing or a curse that uh, the situation has happened this offseason with the andrew hopkins uh, coming onto the cardinals we'll, we'll soon find that out but you've mentioned in the piece that kirk has averaged 12.2 ppr points uh, per game over his first two seasons in the league and that's two more points per game than chris godwin aver- averaged in his two seasons before his breakout and i mentioned there obviously the situation with another wide receiver across from him i know larry fitzgerald has been with the cardinals um, and obviously now we have him and hopkins but having that player across me can help with that development also help with that breakout as well so i'm very interested to see if things can come together for kirk we have seen the flashes if we can hopefully now see some of those consistencies and you've mentioned some of the numbers that will fuller was able to put up across from deandre hopkins and i think that's a you know a very interesting uh, way to look at it and that's kind of how i'm starting to view that situation in arizona um, as they try and up, up the tempo of those plays have more plays per game and and see how things work out there so kirk i think is one that we had a lot of hype around um you know over his kind of first year heading into last year then we thought there might be the breakout coming didn't materialize as much as we thought but uh, still hope there out of these guys is kirk still one that you have have high expectations for that that breakout uh, can happen he is, and he's someone I actually traded in for in Curtis's Black Crown Dynasty startup just a couple of weeks ago. I think the couple of guys that you mentioned there are maybe not the perfect players for him in terms of the most reasonable outcome, but in terms of envisioning what could happen with Kirk. Certainly you see Chris Godwin and what he was able to do with Mike Evans in place. You mentioned Will Fuller and what he was able to do when healthy with DeAndre Hopkins in place. (laughs) I certainly think that Kirk can do that in this style of offense. You look at someone who was a very good and very consistent college player drafted in that range where he's going to be a little bit undervalued, especially as an early declare, and then someone who actually performed quite well for his first two seasons but we lose a lot of that because of the games missed due to injury if he hadn't missed those games he'd be seen in a much different light today so i think that he's one of the players who certainly is undervalued right now one of the things that i thought was interesting about this you mentioned that we've discussed McLaurin, we've discussed chark we've discussed samuel before and it would seem like for some of these second and third year guys that the hype surrounding them would keep them from being undervalued right how can players like this be undervalued but then we go in and we look at this dynamic between running backs and wide receivers in some formats and see that the adp still seem to be way off at least from where we rank them as a site you look at mclaurin at 60 we have him all the way down at 24 shark at 57 we have him all the way down at 27 samuel at 58 we have him all the way down at 32 and so i think the disconnect here is still the resistance to looking at number one how many points these guys are actually likely to score in the short term and then also what they're most likely to do long term how many years they're going to give you big points compared to those running backs and one of the things that i like about this list is that it's not just a thing of saying oh draft this specific young player or draft second year players we have a good spread across across this wide receiver group we've got two rookies as you mentioned we have four second year players we have two third year players we have a fourth year player and a fifth year player 
all of those guys still going to finish 2020 under the age of 26 or 26 or under and all still be foundation players as we move forward you do have a little bit of embracing uncertainty here as well where we don't know what the future is going to hold exactly for these guys but we want to think in terms of and we'll talk about this a little bit more uh, with a really cool article that michael dubner has out on the site right now it's going to be sort of our focus piece for the thursday show but embracing uncertainty understanding the different scenarios one of the things that we want to look at here is that if these receivers have the types of seasons that are likely for them in 2020 their values are going to really increase and that's not the case for some of the players that are being drafted around we mentioned that it's not just that we think wide receivers may be a little bit undervalued but these specific wide receivers are undervalued compared to just the wide receiver position right you look at some of the players being drafted around them if they have good seasons they're going to hold their value if they have poor seasons they're going to lose their value this group here is a little bit different where if they have good seasons the value is going to really jump if they have mediocre seasons yeah the value is probably going to fall a little bit but it's not going to fall like it would for some of the veterans certainly not going to fall like it would for a running back who has a poor season you want to really take that into consideration as you're building the foundation for your team and so for those reasons i i really like these guys before we get into the second half of the show i want to let you know about our buddies over at bet online there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive betting partner online nascar is back and bet online has hundreds of other games events and sports to get in on you can still bet on simulated nfl nba and ufc events 24 7 or you can participate in the ten thousand dollar madden bracket challenge a march madden style nfl simulation tournament you can enter for free don't miss out on that and coming up this sunday bet online has ex chicago bulls horace grant bill cartwright and craig hodges joining them to discuss the michael jordan documentary on what they're calling after the dance and i watched part nine and part 10 earlier today i really loved the series so i'm going to check out that this coming sunday on bet online visit betonline.ag and use the promo code bluewire to receive your welcome bonus and check out all the action bet online your online wagering solution code bluewire I also want to let you know about our friends over at Blue Chew. Guys, are you looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Head on over to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. The other bonus is you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't have to head on over to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost and once approved your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging here's the great deal for all our loyal listeners visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use the code bluewire just pay the five dollars shipping again the promo code is bluewire and that's bluechew.com promo code bluewire column i had a interesting trade just this weekend that i wanted to throw out to you to see what you thought I think probably the most controversial, and the one player actually did make an exception for, uh, Blair did not have him ranked as a value. And I think there's some very good reasons that Blair didn't have him ranked as a value. And that is Mike Williams. We do continue to see some puff pieces suggesting that he is on the verge of what you might call a secondary breakout there with the Chargers. 
Obviously, there are some ways in which their new quarterbacks could benefit him. Certainly, I think when you have as much uncertainty as they have at the quarterback position, you could see his value actually collapse. He was one of the centerpieces of a DJ Moore trade that I did, a trade where I wanted to get in and make some draft picks and had moved my future picks as soon as we've discussed on the show before to try and build a little bit more depth and to have a wider base of players who could see that value increase and so i traded in for picks but the picks turned out to be a couple of guys i'll mention in a second along with two veterans so mike williams paris campbell and then lavisca chenault and chase claypool for dj moore whom i think we all believe at the site and on the show is a definite foundation player probably a first round a first sort of second turn area value in dynasty startups anytime that you're trading someone that high even if it's for four interesting players then you have to be very concerned i think about how that trade could move against you dj moore obviously in that age range where unless he's injured is going to deliver value for a long long time that one is uh i think it's pretty fair trade overall i think it's one that you know when you made that trade were you doing the trade with knowing who the picks were or were you trading four picks straight up i knew that i was going to get chenault moving into that spot there and then claypool okay. was the second player that i got later in the second round yeah yeah now it seems fair. and the one player who's in that that you mentioned there that has been kind of i guess almost forgotten about is paris campbell um you know things may not work out perfectly for him um with how the Colts are their draft as well but heading into this time last year there was certainly a lot of excitement around him in terms of his athletic profile and how things could work out so he's kind of one of those pieces that can really take a jump without having to do a huge amount of production this current year based on his age profile as well but the other guys that are in there sean and chenault is the one obviously that would have the interest of you know having that jump forward um you know we've talked a number of times about how much we we like him and you know the landing spot as well um there is the quarterback concerns but there's a, a lot of uh, positive options um in jacksonville i think their offense is going to start to ascend into a more pass heavy offense when we look at the trade in total i, I think it'll be a it's a fair trade I, I think i would be going to get the dj Moore side but when you're trying to you know diversify and have that upside there there is a chance that maybe two of those guys can get to that dj Moore level and then you're you're into a very positive situation but i think i would still be be holding on to more what was it that made you uh, take the leap and, and, and to pull the trigger on, on that trade well one of the interesting things here i think is that my team did have the good fortune of winning the title in this league the previous season and so part of the psychology there is that you're looking at it and you're thinking okay well we should keep this team together you know it has christian mccaffrey it has some other top running backs like austin eckler and chris carson who are probably going to score a decent amount of points in 2020 it has travis kelsey who is a top tight end maybe doesn't have quite as many years to go as he gets up there into his 30s and so I think the temptation is to say, okay, well, we're in a championship window. Let's try to make sure that we don't do anything to damage the chances to win again this season. But like we've talked about on the show a lot, that can be the real danger of holding on too long, of thinking that having the best team the previous season or even the best team in the current season is going to give you this chance to win again that balances out maybe any other concerns. Whereas, I really think that what you want to make sure that you're doing is extending your championship windows, 
getting the buy if you can, so you don't have to play in that quarterfinal round, but mostly making sure that you make the playoffs every single season with every single team. And I think that by moving away from someone like a DJ Moore, and the fact of the matter here is simply that if you want to bring in interesting guys, if you want to bring in certainly four guys that you find interesting, you're going to have to pay something that is meaningful, right? You're not going to be able to do it by trading a 10th round pick or trading a 28-year-old veteran, that type of player. So when we look at this and we look at our FFPC ADP, we see DJ Moore in there at wide receiver six. Certainly he seems to justify that very lofty slot. We come down and we look at the four receivers in the package. Chenault in there at 47, Williams in at 51, Claypool at 58, and Paris Campbell not particularly popular in this format all the way down there at 64. But all of those guys would be players I would look at as being undervalued on my board, right? When looking at the trading for that 211 spot in this particular league, looking at that as perhaps Claypool will fall, and he certainly seems like someone who should be valued more in that Michael Pittman type of range than down where he is. KJ Hamler, who was in this list, is someone who is often in that 211 range, thought he might fall, but someone did grab him. So you've got a couple of shots at hitting that. There's also the possibility that someone like a Zach Moss or an AJ Dillon might fall, especially since a couple of less productive running backs are often taken ahead of them. And so you would have that ability maybe to get another running back in there and those rookie running backs can give you those points right away. So maybe you end up with another starting value at the running back position can go right into that starting lineup and balance out some of those points that DJ Moore loses you there. So those are the things in terms of what was for sure, what were some of the scenarios and how this can change the team around. The other thing here is that now there are four potential players who can be traded. Certainly Campbell is going to have to actually do something before he's going to bring you back the type of thing in a trade that makes it worthwhile. But the more diversification that you have, not just within your team and the more depth you have within your team, but then you have more trade options too. With four players there, you have more different guys who could perhaps be favorites of the 11 different players in your league, whereas maybe only one or two of them has DJ Moore as someone who's so valuable that they would trade four guys for him. Now, probably most player in your league would take DJ Moore, but it's a matter of, you know, will they give you the value that makes it worth it? Now, as you mentioned, I think the DJ Moore side is is good. Certainly there are probably leagues in which I would have loved to have been on the other side of this. I have a lot of DJ Moore. I want to make sure that even in this situation, and especially when you have a new coaching staff, you have a new quarterback, there are some questions about ultimate ceiling. And if we can trade at a very high point here, then I think it makes sense to not look at any individual players as completely untradeable. I think that's the real hangup that a lot of people get into when they're trying to build their rosters is they have untouchables and those untouchables will really keep you from being able to do with your roster what you really want. So Sean, another part that you had up on the website over the last couple of days was about post-draft hype and how that affects the opportunity for buying some of those veteran running backs. Uh, Sometimes the post-draft can obviously help lower those values sometimes it'll help increase those values this time around i think in most cases it's probably lowered uh, quite a number of those veteran running backs uh, values across the board um running through it and you know i've already read it the listeners obviously uh, can head on over to the website to dive in 
for it in full detail but what was your overall thoughts looking into it um and looking back obviously as you have over the last couple of years the window is there a, is there an open window and is there some players that we we need to be targeting in that veteran range We've talked about the Dynasty ADP app, and one of the things that Mike Beers has done with this that is really cool is we can go back and look uh, through the My Fantasy League portion of it at drafts that go back quite a number of years. And so in this study, I wanted to just go through and look at the specific running backs who were drafted over by a top 100 pick in the last five seasons. And so I looked at 28 different veteran running backs who theoretically would have their values cut into a little bit by having one of these priority picks used at their position and i wanted to find out whether or not there actually was a moment a window where you could buy these guys and they would be a good value for you perhaps keep the dynasty value for a little bit and really profit from this idea that people have the rookie derangement syndrome right we you hear about that from time to time. We've discussed it on the website. There are some opportunities in redraft to get some decent veteran values, but are these veteran values really something that we want to pay for in Dynasty? And so you go through, we can really chart out in a, in a cool, very uh, visual way the journey that these running backs have gone on looking at the season they had before the running back was drafted over them that season and then the seasons subsequent to that and how their dynasty value either grew or collapsed and left them out of the league one of the things that was very interesting here is that i'm someone who obviously recommends building through wide receivers in dynasty building through wide receivers in redraft either with a zero running back approach or a one elite running back approach even knowing that and dealing with a lot of the info that we've seen jack miller's had a lot of cool stuff on the site blair andrews uh, rebuilt the win the flex tool last season something that the fantasy douche had had in the early days of rotoviz uh, blair put together one that was really awesome last year to let you see how running backs underperform when you're looking at kind of those uh, middle and still key ranges of around say four to eight uh, five to nine three to six and the sort of overenthusiasm that owners have for them as it relates to scoring even with that background it was still a little bit demoralizing to see just how much damage these rookies do to the veterans and i think one of the things that people might not guess is that there was still a ton of damage even when the rookie ended up being a bust so part of this is just that we do continue to see running back values collapse much faster than seems intuitive right when we know that running backs don't hold their value but then you go in and you look at it and you see how their adp just falls through the floor in a very short period of time and it, it just doesn't seem right because we all have these ideas in our head of players like a Mark Ingram, players like a Frank Gore, guys who do manage to hold on for quite some time. Now, the Ingram example is an interesting one because out of these 28 running backs, he's basically one of only two guys who really held value going forward. And that's that's not the success rate that you're looking for by any stretch. And 
Then looking at 2018-2019, we also moved into a little bit different dynamic where we were having rookie running backs drafted into situations where there had been both an early down back who'd been successful and a passing down back who'd been successful. So one of the things I think that we want to make sure that we realize is that the NFL is always changing. Backfields are changing. The deployment and the usage of running backs is changing. So we want to be a little bit... uh, skeptical or open-minded about how these changes might affect that too so we're going to have a different dynamic going forward than we've had in the past we want to be aware of that even with that being the case we see that some of these passing down backs have difficulty holding their values as well and so then column i wanted to throw it back to you for a second and look at there one of the reasons why i did the studies that we had 10 running backs drafted in the first 100 picks this year which was the most you know, during this, you know, fairly recent time frame that I looked at. And I thought that was especially surprising when you consider that this wasn't a year where there were a lot of very clear starting positions available. Now there were some spots where we did think uh, people were going to be drafted into them. Uh, Carry on Johnson. We expected the lions to add somebody, Ronald Jones. We expected the Buccaneers to add somebody, but really the only clear cut, completely open starting position appeared to be the miami dolphins and what we found out was they were happier with jordan howard and adding sort of a complimentary back there uh, through a trade than feeling like they needed to add sort of a foundation piece and that's probably fine because jordan howard is actually a little bit better than his perception at least in fantasy circles so we have a lot of veteran backs who now have competition i think there are five who are sort of the most interesting because they're still fairly young And we tend to see these younger backs as people who could maybe throw off the competition or at the very least uh, take that situation and then move in free agency somewhere else where they might score. We haven't seen a lot of indication of this uh, in the recent past, but certainly something that is possible is a route backs could take. So out of these five guys, is there someone that you are buying or selling particularly, especially post-draft? And those five guys would be Aaron Jones, Devin Singletary, carry uh, on johnson marlon mack and ronald jones well the one that um you know i'd be trying to move and it's like the value has already dropped off by such a, a dramatic re- uh, kind of return it's already dropped three rounds and that, that's marlon mack um uh, it's gonna be very hard to really move him for a value that you're going to get anywhere near draft time and it's just about then um are you going to just like you know cash out those chips and and hope the things will you know get better with whatever you get on the other side or are you going to keep keep him there in case you do have some weeks where he, he could be startable based on on injuries and how the season starts off you know we, we have talked previously about when the season starts the offseason program how the rookies get integrated things like that so um you know maybe maybe hold on to him with such a significant drop in value over the last uh, couple of weeks but you know again in that mindset um you know we haven't had a full opportunity really of things to work out for carry on johnson i still think the abilities there the talents there um, but definitely concerning developments in detroit um, the one i would probably um be moving that you're going to get the most value for at this point in time would be Aaron jones but as i've mentioned uh, jones you know had pretty much a 50 50 split last year with jamal williams he was a lot more efficient with it so he has had you know he hasn't had a full share of the workload you know he's not running off with uh, you know christian mccaffrey kind of a workload um so he still i think can hit the numbers this year but moving forward then uh, i don't know how 
confident I am that the Packers will re-sign him long term um, and obviously that would have to be done over the course of the season or heading into next off season. so I think looking at who you'll get the most value for would be would be Jones and then the one I still do have hope for is uh, Devin Singletary um, although I, I've concerned about Moss and I drafted quite a bit of Moss and uh, and these recent uh, you know dynasty rookie drafts that I had I still think there, there's some hope there for Singletary you know, there's as much chance as some of these rookies absolutely bust as well as that they all come in and be be studs. So when we're looking at a situation with these guys, you know, Jones I think can can hold his job. We'll see if if that does happen. But you know, Singletary, Johnson, and Jones are unlikely to all be just completely unsurped by by the rookies this season it, it may be the case but I, I still think there's some fantasy value there for those guys hard to be very confident sean and, and aggressively moving to get any of them but the one i was most aggressive pre-draft was devin singletary and i probably still feel feel similar there at, at the current moment um you mentioned as well about the kind of casualties and how the values drop very quickly i think again feeding into what we've talked about over the last couple of months and really in the history of the show is how those running backs can lose that value very very swiftly um you know from one year to the next and how the wide receivers can maintain that even as you mentioned earlier in the show with a possible down season or an average season whereas the running backs you know once once when you have a wide receiver position and there's the possibility of getting three or four of those guys on the on the field at the same time whereas the running backs it's very unlikely that you're going to have more more than two of them if you even have two of them at the same time so there's less positions up for grabs and the value then obviously can plummet very very quickly but i would urge the listeners to head on over check out the rest of the article over on the website i think it's well worth a read as sean mentioned some good visual data there to to break it down and digest it in a very simple manner um as always listening to the show you can get yourself a 10 percent discount to rotoviz nfl pass uh, off that one year subscription uh, you can head on over to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information or you can add the code 2020 rv radio at checkout while up on the website and we have mentioned on the last couple of shows about the the 10 by one month uh, subscriptions that were given away for the 100th episode a couple of weeks back we're going to keep that open to the end of this week so all you have to do to enter is head on over to your favorite podcast app drop us a five-star review um, and we'll be doing a drawing from uh, that there over the next week or so so do get involved that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast Uh, thank you for tuning in we'll be back later on in the week on thursday with another edition my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland as i mentioned sean's two articles that we mentioned on the website today both available up on the website Uh, do head on over and check them out both from uh, the great sean siegel and until we're back later in the week have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Road of His Radio. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His with a 30% discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>